You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. Hi, I'm Tommy Stinson from Cowboys in the Campfire. You're listening to All Over the Place podcast, where the fun sanity never ends, and I mean it. Hey, 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 welcome back, everyone, to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. And also, we want to send some love out to our friend, Maribel Pena, Money Maximizer. Don't forget to check her out if you want to make your own destiny with your finances. Get a hold of Maribel Pena at Instagram, and that would be at M-A-R-I-B as in boy, E-L, P as in Peter, I, N as in Nancy, A, at Maribel Pena, or check her out over on Facebook. And with us tonight, as always, we've got Jim Culver. How you doing, my friend? Excellent, sir. How about yourself? Fantastic. It's been a good week. All right. Patriotic week as we tape tonight. And Christine, co-producer, co-host back in the house as well. Hello, Christine. Hey there. Hey, hey. And joining us tonight from Media Pub Live is a writer over there, Jill Michaels. Jill, thanks for joining us. I am really happy to be here. Cool. Well, it's, 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 uh, we're, we're psyched to have you here and talk a little bit about, you know, the, bringing the Media Pub Live family together. We've, we've had Brad Weissman on the show. We've had you. So bit by bit, we're getting the, we're getting the gang over here. And Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit what, about what you do over there at Media Pub and also any hilarity that ensues when you're not at Media Pub? Well, at Media Pub, uh, I'm, a, I'm a peace writer. Um, I, I don't mean like I write for peace. I'm just I write pieces. Uh, and uh, have a good time doing that. I hope I make a few people laugh here and there. I have a lot of GoFundMe things set up, you know, so just just trying to get ahead or a little ahead. There we go. Well, again, glad to have you here, and uh, although I, I forgot to, during the intro, Marty Zamora not with us tonight. He is on a super secret mission. And it's not that secret, I guess, if I'm t- saying it, but he's on a Bigfoot hunt. But I just can't say where he is in the Bigfoot hunt that he is on right now. So, Marty, we wish you well with that one, and I look forward to having him back in the cast. And tonight, we've got Joe with us, because we're going to be discussing reboots, our favorite reboots or uh, remakes or, uh, uh, you know, just resuscitations uh, of our favorite TV shows. we got uh, TV shows and movies. Three movies, one TV show. And, Joe, we're going to start with you as our guest. What is your first of your three movies? Are we going three, two, one, or you want the best one first? That and that's the joy of all over the place. You get to decide where you want to go. Okay, so I'm going to start with my number three. Uh, great, I mean, big time all star cast: Mark Harmon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan. I don't think anyone would deny that the 2003 version of Freaky Friday is absolutely fantastic reboot. You know, it blows the 1976, 1995, 2018, 2020 versions away. The 2003 version of Freaky Friday is just maybe the great one of the greatest remakes ever. All right, I, 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 did not, I didn't see that one coming, but damned if I that that is a, a, a damn fine one. And I, I do want to get your take though on the uh, the movie that was a twist on it, the uh, horror movie with Vince Vaughn that came out a couple of years ago, Freaky. Did you see that one? I sure did. Vince Vaughn is, you know, I put him right up there with uh, anyone else that's like Vince Vaughn. 
<laughs> well, I, I do like the Freaky Friday calling. You know, I remember seeing that original one. I'm not even sure if that was the original one, the one back in 76 with, uh, oh, with Clarice. I might blank on her name. Jody uh, Foster. Thank you, Jody Foster. But, uh, yeah, but no, I, I did enjoy that. Again, great call with the uh, the one with Mark Harmon and Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. Jim, in your direction for your number one or your number three, if you want to go Casey Kasem style as well. Okay, I'm probably going to go three, two, one, but I'm going to make for my first pick. Uh, this is kind of the movie that 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 um, kind of inspired me to think of this idea for a list. So um, it's a uh, it's actually a movie that a lot of people don't know is a remake, uh, but that is the the Denzel Washington movie Man on Fire, oh. uh, which is actually is actually a remake of a an '80s B movie with uh, Scott Glenn in the in the main the main role and a very entertaining movie. A lot of fun, uh, but the the Denzel Washington version is uh, far and away so much better in so many ways. Uh, I mean, obviously Denzel, just nobody plays a badass like him. I can watch him in The Equalizer or 10 million other movies playing a badass and never get tired of it. Um, it's it's one of the most satisfying revenge movies I've ever seen. Uh, Tony Scott is just, it's just uh, as a director, it's just dripping with his style all over it uh it's it's just such a great awesome movie uh so that is my pick didn't even realize it was a remake but you know you scott glenn being in the original i'll have to check that one out as well good call that's a good flick just not on the level of, of the remake but but a good flick for sure i think that'd be hard to do so all right christine what is your number three number one whatever okay so i have to say that i had to do a bit of research to um to do this topic I had a hard time finding ones um, that I had actually seen that were not kids' movies. And maybe it's just because I'm a mom. I've got three kids. But so I went with the 2000 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 2007 version of that. Um, and not just because I know somebody that was an executive producer on that one. But um, I think they did a really good version of it. Like, I actually enjoyed that um series that the series of movies that they did along with that remake i thought they did a great job with it and of course the 80s version it was so 80s i mean for us when we were younger and of course teenage mutant ninja turtles is probably the set of kids behind eric and i maybe more your jim your age group but it just was you know um it, it, it was so 80s 90s riffic is how i would describe it I hate seeing that. Well, CGI has its place, and I think it would actually help improve something, like what came out with the, the Ninja Turtles in that time. Yeah, frame. but even like the costuming that they use, you know, for it being live action, and you know, Megan Fox be damned. But I mean, it actually was a halfway decent movie. I didn't, you know, regret having to go to the theater to take my boys to see it. So that's <laughs> like my the, pick. The, the Megan Fox addendum. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Could be applied Megan to so Fox many movies. Those weird thumbs, don't she? What's that? What Megan Fox. She has those weird thumbs. They're called something. Like she only has one joint in her thumb. Dysmorphia. Is that what it is? I I just I've seen in the headlines recently. She's uh, she's a, the 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 uh, the cause celeb right now for uh, dysmorphia, and people are proud of her for coming and just uh, speaking up about it. So I'm not sure if that has to do with her thumbs or not. Yeah. I think that might be it. Hmm. 
I have I never looked that. at her thumbs, so <laughs> yeah, I I've never say. noticed. I, I, I'm sorry, but that just that I counter out for that. I just I can't. I'm sorry. She just doesn't do it for me because of the thumbs. Well, I'm going to go with just because it's he's hanging over my shoulder here. I'm going to go with my honorable mention first, and. As you can see, Captain America, and I'm going to combine a bunch of things here right now. Captain America and Spider-Man from the 70s and then from the 90s, I believe it was, the Fantastic Four movie. And quick side note on that, there's an excellent documentary out called Doomed, the Untold Story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. And all three of those, Captain America, Spider-Man, and Fantastic Four, which came out on the first two were the 70s, and then Fantastic Four was the 90s, I believe, uh, the, Roger, the attempted Roger Corman one. And say what you will about the ones that, that Fox released in the 21st century, they're at least better than those. And CGI helps, well, see if we get spoiled by all the, uh, the MCU now. And I, I think that, uh, although uh, the Spider-Man movie, the graphics were a touch better than Spidey's appearances on the electric company. <laughs> not by much but they were just a bit but then you didn't have morgan freeman doing the narration this is true so that, that which helps anything are you actually sharing one of your top three picks or are you doing an extra one i well just because of the, the, the graphics hanging over my shoulder i wanted to get that out of the way with my honorable mention so okay. I, I, I will do one so when we get to the honorable mention section Oh, I didn't realize we were doing that. Okay. Yeah. So it's us. It's all over the place. Of course, we've got extras to talk about. Because, okay. And I, I want to bring this up now because you know we, we there's been a lot of griping in uh, you know just the, the general feeling is oh they're rebooting that again. There it's a re and while they have gone crazy with all the reboots on Spider Man just in the 21st century alone and going and thinking of you know selections for tonight. There have been a lot of great remakes and reboots through the years. So, uh, yeah, based on that alone, we have to have some honorable mentions. But I only have one honorable mention that, that I'll talk about at length. Again, just because he's hanging over my shoulder here with that god-awful Captain America on a motorcycle. Evil Knievel could have done it better. And let's face it, folks, if you're in the 70s, Evil Knievel did do Captain America better. So, And on that 70s note, we're going to flip it back to the guy wearing the the Chiefs shirt, the Kiss poster in the background. Yell, what is your, you're going three, two, one, Casey Kasem stuff. What is your yeah. number two reboot? So number two, another incredible cast, Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, and the starring role played by Joel Kinnaman, Robocop. Oh. Okay. All right. I, 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 I get you're coming up with some 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 damn damn good uh, curveballs here. I like it. Now, what what about that movie for you? Made it better than the original one with Peter Weller? Well, come on, Peter Weller. I mean, he's nothing great, but you know the whole the whole thing about the remake uh, getting away from post-apocalyptic Detroit and uh, having just pure upheaval of law instead of having the entire city, you know, completely decimated and no cops. And, uh, and the other thing is the, the way they did the special effects, uh, with RoboCop and they show him where he's just a head and a spine and an arm. 
that was pretty good stuff. I'm with you. I, and I didn't like it more than I liked the original, but I definitely think there's there's more than enough room, especially for for a a reboot of that one. And I thought the original. When you got a cast dog. like that, yeah. It, I thought the original the was a dog. It's it's definitely a, a damn fine movie. Good call, Joe. I, mean, I mean, the original one. I forget his name. The guy that played the uh, the father in that '70s show, Kurtwood Smith. Yep, he's a bum. Plays played play evil damn well in that one though. <laughs> All right, Jim, over to you. All right, so my next pick is uh, probably going to be a popular one. I so I apologize if I'm. If I'm uh, stealing anybody else's thunder with this pick, but I could not not include it on my list because it's so awesome. Uh, my pick is uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, ah. which is a re- which is as some people probably know a remake of I believe a '50s mm-hmm. uh, classic sci-fi movie called The Thing from Another Planet. I think it's called. Haven't seen it in a very long time, but uh, it's a decent decent classic sci-fi flick. But man, John Carpenter, talk about taking a story to another level. And just yeah. and just making it so amazing and terrifying and and beautifully filmed and uh, just just made a brand new classic with that one. And it, amazingly, it was a, it was a bomb when it came out. I think there was um, there were so many big movies coming out at the time, like Raiders of the Lost Ark and so many others that it kind of got swallowed up by all those all those big blockbusters. But uh, but I think it's it's you know it's it's one of the, if not the best movie from that year. Um, maybe not as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark, but but up there, just an absolutely fantastic movie. And I watch it almost every Halloween, and it holds up amazingly well over the years. Just an absolutely brilliant horror movie. So that's my pick. Oh, well, at that time, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell were really doing no wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Carpenter had an absolutely amazing run in the '80s. You look at look at his '80s output. His movies were just it was just one fantastic movie after another. I don't know what happened to him after that. Uh, maybe he got a little too much into the nose candy or something, but he just could not could not keep that run going. He kept making movies, but they were not on the level of what he made in the eighties. He made some absolutely incredible movies in the eighties. Wilford Brimley was pretty good in that too. Yes, he was. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's easy to forget that Wilford Brimley can, Brimley can be pretty uh, pretty damn scary when he wants to be. Oh yeah, uh, he, uh, scared to eat my Quaker oats. <laughs> And I had never seen that movie at all. I mean, I'd never gotten around to it. So I, when it came on the big screen at the Alamo Draft out, what, two, three years ago, I, I jumped on and to see it on the big screen for the first time. Damn. Yeah, classic. I Absolutely. I bet. Yeah. We're, we're getting some runs here tonight, folks. We, we are not – well, I mean, I hate to call Captain America and Spider-Man from the 70s home runs, but that's why it was an honorable mention. Christine, we're going to you next. Okay. So um, I am going to go with my next pick, which – I don't know how anybody feels about it, but I'm going with the Dune remake. Um, I enjoyed the movie in the 80s. However, the 2022 version, um, it's epic. Like, it's just such, I thought it was a really good movie. I'm looking forward to seeing the second half of it. Um, But um, yeah, I I just really enjoyed the movie and um, I'm excited for it and you know i think the acting is in it great timothy um shalmet or shalmay and zendaya and the all the cast that's in it um it's just a really good production and this folks coming from someone who adores sting to no end i know right 
And we and we also at some point, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Joe Dorsky. And I, I apologize if I'm, I'm butchering this guy's name, but uh, Joe Dorsky, Dune, because he was a director, a, a surrealist director who was supposed to do it way back when in the '70s. And so much of what um, was incorporated in the 1984 movie and even the new one are from his building blocks. So it's uh, definitely worth checking out. And I, I, I agree that the new Dune, I got a soft spot for the one in '84 because it's a David Lynch movie. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it Dune yeah. is such an amazing book. You can't do it in two hours. You need well, whether it's a mini series on sci-fi or yeah, doing it in two parts. So yeah, like it. So I'm gonna go Casey Case in style as well. And my number three pick, I'm going to go with Cape Fear. And yes, I'm well aware of the fact that um, I, I make no apologies. The fact that I'm a Scorsese nut, but I like what he did with it. And this is not to take anything away from the original which was amazing as well. But Scorsese just made, if not his first horror, true, I think maybe it was probably his first true horror movie. You could say After Hours was a type of horror movie. But uh, Cape Fear, I love what he did. And Nick Nolte, perfect. Right? Juliette Lewis, De, De Niro. I mean, De Niro, De Niro and Scorsese working together. Yeah, forget about it. So, and I also love what uh, Scorsese did, flipping their roles from the original, putting Gregory Peck as the guy who defended the otherwise indefensible character that Robert De Niro played, and then having Robert Mitchum play a private detective. So I, I, I love the flip on that one. So that, that, that is my number three. So, and we're, we're I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mix it up this time. Jim, we're gonna go to you for your number one now. Okay, uh, all right, so, and I do have an honorable mention. Do you want me to do that now with my number one or, or place, Jim. separate you, time? You, okay, all right, all right. We can go Tarantino-esque, do it whenever. <laughs> All right. So my honorable mention is uh, the remake of Pete's Dragon. Oh. Uh, one of the few Disney live action remakes that's actually really good. Uh, they've been absolute trash for so long. It's easy to forget that there are some good ones. Uh, but yeah, Pete's Dragon remake was was really, really well done. If anybody who hasn't seen that one wants a good family movie, check it out. It's really good. And I did enjoy the, the animated version as a kid, but just far and away so much better this version yeah my so my number one is 310 to yuma ah. the, the version by james the new version by james mangold with uh, uh christian bale and russell crowe and a lot of other really good actors that i could name all day but but it would be really <laughs> boring so i'll just say amazing ensemble cast and uh just a oh man just really down and dirty totally badass western uh, so well done. The last five to ten minutes are like heart-stopping, just constant action and emotion. It's so so well done. So uh, and and you know the original Glenn Ford is pretty good, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, it's certainly a good solid classic western. But uh, but man, that remake with Russell Crowe is just absolutely fantastic. One hundred percent agree with you on that one. Once again, folks, gripe all you want about reboots, remakes, whatever. And you, and you can gripe about the attempt that uh, Tim Burton tried with Planet of the Apes. We won't get into that anymore. I, I, I certainly could. <laughs> yeah, but how much time you got? All, all the we're coming up with some stellar ones tonight, folks. And uh, enough patting ourselves on the back. We're gonna go back to our guest, Joe Michaels. What do you have for your honorable mention or your number one, whatever order you want to go in here? I'm gonna give you a couple quick honorable mentions because I really wanted to go with these, but. Uh, one of my honorable mentions, the, the great LL Cool J in the remake of Rollerball was amazing. 
also, you know, I, I, I got to give it up for John Travolta and Jerry Stiller in the remake of Hairspray. thought that was fantastic. But my number one of all time, without a doubt, and I think anyone would agree with me, uh, another all-star cast, Andy McDowell, Dennis Quaid, and in the in the lead role, uh, Kenny Warmold as Ren. Footloose. Footloose. I mean, you took a really crappy movie and made it into a masterpiece. Folks, we have finally found some disagreement on the show. You you hit me, Jell. In my 1984 favorite year for movies and music, 14-year-old me, back when I had a lot of hair where I could pull off the Ren McCormick that Kevin Bacon was sporting, and while I will say that I did enjoy the first, the opening of the, the reboot or the remake, whatever you want to call it, where they threw a nod where he hit his iPod and he was playing Quiet Riot the way the Quiet Riot was playing at the beginning of the original on cassette. I liked that. That was a, a sly little nod. But again, my mileage will vary. I mean, it's, and for me, I, I got to stick with the original. But Kevin Bacon, I mean, he's a he's a hack. I mean, whoa, he's whoa, so overrated. Whoa, I mean, I, I, he's in so many movies. I think he was in my wedding video. I mean, the guy doesn't turn down anything. He is not Michael Caine. I disagree. Agree to disagree here. Good, good one, good one. You, you've got that. Cage. Very nice. Very nice. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, who? I mean, Chris. Penn, I mean, he was in the first one. He exactly. Chris Penn. Uh, I mean, just a, a collaboration of over-actors. John the Lennon. only part that I found really annoying about the original one was um, Lori Singer. Yeah, Lori Singer. I mean, she was supposed to be this attractive Juliet. And yeah. this, she just, it was, it was completely uh, miscast. I, yeah. I thought that the original, the whole movie and, you know, the, the, the songs, they were just, Stereotypical oh, come on, man. Blah, blah songs, and I, I just I, I think Kenny Wormald is such a incredible actor and dancer, and he just hasn't had that break yet. I mean, he actually hasn't done another movie since Footloose, but watch and, and out. Kevin Bacon somehow has. I what a hack! You know it. <laughs> Tomato, potato. It, it, it just, you know, it, or potato, ravioli. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, all I'm saying is... Kevin Bacon was in Animal House, dude. Come on. And Friday the 13th. Yeah, but Animal House isn't a very good movie either. You know, I mean, let's be honest. You know, and, I mean, wow. what was Animal House? You know, I mean... Who, 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 I invited <laughs> Nobody famous came out of Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> Eric just left. Maybe it's good okay. we didn't have Marty on because he'd have a heart attack by about now. Drop and give me 20. I'm out of here. But Footloose was such an important All right, movie. <laughs> Footloose was such an important movie. It stood up against the scourge of, of you know, cities banning dancing that was happening all across the country back then. Such an important social issue. That's I mean, come rumors, on. Yes. Rumors. It's a very important movie in our, in our culture as the United States. Yeah, I mean, it never happened after that movie came out. I mean, so obviously it had an impact, you know. Denise Williams, Sammy Hagar, Bonnie Tyler. It's Overrated. Pitchford. 
writing all those awesome songs. And I've got to be to be fair. I did not dislike. I because I love the original so much. I went in eh, with, with, with you know you know not thinking too much, but I didn't dislike. I do love Dennis Quaid. And again, it's it's the formula was there. I, I I'm just a big fan of the original. Okay, all right. Let, let let me just put this here. If you have Dennis Quaid and Jonathan Lithgow, who's better? Come on, Dennis Quaid in that I've role. A hundred times. Again, agree to disagree. I, I, disagree. I, I they, let's put yeah. the, they work they work perfectly in their respective roles in, in the two in the two separate films. Okay, well, how about this? If I'll be have, diplomatic. If you have Kenny Wormald and you have Kevin Bacon. I mean, there's no comparison. Kenny Wormald. That's right. Kevin Bacon exceptional, wins. Exceptional dancer. Beats the well, pants off Kevin Bacon as a dancer. I mean, come on. You got to give that up. I, I, will, I, will, that I will see that. Folks, this is not going to end tonight, folks. This is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend Footloose to my, to my dying day. I will defend Kevin. And. What, the Kenny Wormall, uh, let's see, has he had a film festival uh, where uh, a 16 plex was showing 16 different Kevin Bacon movies? I will let I will tell you this Kenny Wormall is from uh, Encino, California. In his high school, he actually had the lead role in two of his high school uh, plays as a sophomore and a junior. He had. Uh, uh, mono in his senior year because so he couldn't star in the senior year. He's a goat. But you show me someone else in Hollywood that starred as a sophomore and a junior in their high school play. Okay, how much is Kenny Warhol paying you? You seem to know a lot about this Kenny Warhol. Admit it. I am actually president of the Kenny Warhol fan club in I don't the doubt uh, it. greater uh, southern well, actually, Denton County, uh, Texas. Well, this square block of Denton. Ca- <laughs> a couple of my neighbors and me were putting a fan club together. <laughs> On that Denton note, in, 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 in deference to Slobberbone and, and uh, my, one of my favorite songwriters, Brent Best, I will give a shout out to North Texas University. I'll do that. UNT, baby. <laughs> UNT. That's right. I'll do that. But Where Kenny Wormald was... Maybe gonna go, but he didn't. He said he went to Hollywood. Did Kenny Wormald did, did he do any plays on Broadway the way Kevin Bacon has? He did before have or after because he was better than Broadway. They and, begged him, they said, Kenny, come please do our shows on Broadway. And he said, I don't have to, I'm gonna star in Footloose. And he did. Drop the mic. His career absolutely okay. took off after okay. that. Too. Well, again, folks, this could go on for quite a long time. And I, that's that's my wheelhouse. Eighty four. We're just going to agree to disagree, and because I, I think we need to put a poll out of respect to Dennis Quaid. Out of respect to Mr. Quaid. Dennis Quaid or Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. I got to go with got to go with Val Kilmer. There, I can't even argue that one. Uh, I'm throwing and, that and I love one. Dennis Quaid. Come on, Joe. If you've got to think about it that much, that means it's it's Val Kilmer. Well, actually, actually, Kiefer Sutherland played Doc Holliday on a TV version. It wasn't called Tombstone. It was called the OK Corral yes. Massacre. And 
Kiefer Sutherland played Doc Holliday. And you know what? Come to think of it, he was better than uh, both of them. So I will go with Kiefer Sutherland. And, and Joe, I'm glad you brought you. You walked right into my trap inadvertently, but you walked into it nonetheless. How many movies has Kiefer Sutherland been in with Kenny Wormall, and how many has he been in with Kevin Bacon? Multiple with Kevin Bacon. There's your mic drop. Christine, we're going to you for your next pick. Oh, this is not over, my friend. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll have you back on for another one, and we'll, we'll continue the discussion. So. Then we're going to get Kenny Wormall. Then we're going to get Kevin Bacon, the okay. fellow Pennsylvanian, on the show as well. We can get Kenny Wormall cheap. There we go. We'll get him booked next. That's what the director of the Footloose remake said. Oh! <laughs> he's going to be, he's, he's DJing at my son's now. wedding next weekend. I don't doubt that. <laughs> okay, so I am going home, to Christine, do... with your with your your honorable mentions and number one, or just yes, I will do my honorable mentions. So, getting back to the kids' movies, um, my honorable mentions. I actually have a couple of them that I'm going to list. First off, the um, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia series remake. Um, that's one from started in 2005. The Peter Pan. Peter Pan is one of those um, um, franchises that has just been made over and over and over. There's like so many different versions of Peter Pan. But honestly, the one that was done in 2003. And it's I know it's one of uh, one of my son's favorite movies. Um, so that's um, on my uh honorable mention list. Also, another movie that's on one of my son's all-time favorite lists also is um, Willy Wonka, um, which actually was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when it was redone by Tim Burton. But, um, you know, I I can't, um, you know, uh, Gene Wilder um, as Willy Wonka, like that is always just near and dear to my heart. Loved that movie. But honestly, the Tim Burton version, while the difference of it was just, um, he did, they did a really good job with it. I liked it a lot. But that all being said, those are honorable mentions. My um, number one pick for uh, top movie remake is the 2005 installment of The Batman uh, by Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins, starring Christian Bale. That's my number one remake. And I'm calling it a remake, Jim. <laughs> because Batman is one of those that they seem to want to go back to the origin story of it about every 10 years. So I call it, I mean, I think it qualifies. And, and you know, I'm... This isn't a defense of, but it did need some rescuing after Joel Schumacher's last installment with, with George Clooney. Right. Very true. So I don't think you need a disqualifier on that one. Jim, your call? One of, and one of the many, no, I don't think so. One of the many problems with the new Flash movie is they thought we we wanted to call back to that freaking movie, to the to the, to Batman and Robin by bringing back George Clooney as Bruce Wayne. Give me, See, give me, a, give me a break. I, I liked it. Was that the one where they showed the nipples? Yes. That's the nipple suit. Well, yeah. any anything with Joel Schumacher, but yeah, that one specifically. <laughs> that was weird. It made yeah. me uncomfortable. <laughs> Batman was so cold like that all the time. It was it was a wee bit nipply. Yes. Wee bit well, nipply. Mr. Freeze was in the movie, so you know it kind uh -huh. of. Uh huh. Right. 
Don't don't you make excuses for that piece of shit, Jim. No, don't you make excuses. All right, well, then we're going to round me into – I'm just going to do it since I did my honorable mention earlier. I'm going to do my number two, which is uh, The Departed, another Scorsese movie, a remake of – Good one. Bears. And it's Scorsese doing something that he hadn't done before, Irish Gangsters, and loosely based on uh, the, uh, the uh, Black Mass and uh, the uh, Jack Nicholson's character which was based on a, a real-life guy, uh, Whitey Bulger. Uh, in name only, uh, not in name only uh, in, in uh, The Departed, but the character just ruthless and hard to believe that, that was the first time that Nicholson had ever worked with Scorsese and, and that they worked together. I thought it was great. And uh, the rest of that cast, just um, just so much fun in Boston. And I made, I made this my number two. It wasn't my number one simply because that last scene, Martin Scorsese pretending he was back in film school and the rat. On, on the balcony, uh, on the patio. I, I just can't forgive that. You're Martin Scorsese, you're better than that. And that's why you're my number two. The number one reboot remake for me is The Wizard of Oz, which there have been a few versions of Frank Baum's, L. Frank Baum's book uh, in the 20s and 30s, animated one, and there's a black and white one. But the one from 1939 just, that amazing year and what they did with that movie. Just still, I, I saw it on the big screen for the first time ever a couple of years ago, still blows me away as a movie. Even though you, you know it note for note, beat for beat. We grew up watching that. That was on every year in the 70s and I think into the early 80s. Family event and The Wizard of Oz, that, that it's damn. And that's why it's my number one. Basically, can, can I Can I ask one question about that though? Yes. The Wiz. Do, do you think the music was better in The Wiz? I do like easing on down the road. Absolutely. And it's hard to argue with a movie that, that has uh, that has Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, and, and you know, just... Nipsey and, Russell. And Nipsey. And I, you took the next words out of my mouth with Nipsey. It's hard to argue with that one. And, and I saw that one on the big screen a couple of years ago, too. And that was a serial breakfast movie as well. So I, got, I was sitting there on a, on a Sunday morning watching The Wiz and eating apple jacks. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of the Wiz as well. Good was, music. That was a lot of good music. And written by Joel Schumacher. Is that right? I just want to bring up Joel Schumacher again. Nipples are not in, in the Batman and Robin. I think he's an underappreciated director. But that that's a different show. A, a different show. Because now now we got our movies out of the way. We're going to move on to our favorite. Oh, I got I got one more honorable mention. Almost forgot the Birdcage. With Robin Williams and Nate Blaine, a remake of La Cage aux Folles, and my best and worst French right there. That's that's a that's a great movie. I, I love the Birdcage. Can never get sick of that. And uh, it's uh, Hank Azaria, absolutely hilarious in a small role. Gene Hackman in drag, and there's Diane Weist again. So, uh, but yeah, I dig that movie, and that, that that's still an honorable mention. But now we're going to move on to the TV shows that we we enjoy that were remade from either a tv show or or a film and gel we're going to go to you first again so in 2008 this fantastic idea came up because cgi was just you know kind of really starting to you know get it get its tracks going so another great cast uh paul campbell bruce davison uh deanna russo 
and uh, in the title role, uh, Justin Bruning, they remade Knight Rider. Uh, unfortunately, it only went eight, eight episodes, but but it, it was so ahead of its time. I think the reason that it didn't really succeed is because they didn't have the main character named Michael Knight anymore. Instead, Kit, the car, they made it stand for Knight Industries 3000. So Knight Rider was just about the car. It wasn't about Michael Knight, the driver. But it was a fantastic show. It, it was just ahead of its time. And uh, the, the vo- and I'm blanking now, of course, on, on his voice. Uh, he was Joe on Arrested Development. Wasn't he the voice of Kit in that one? Uh, no, no. I think, I think uh, it was. I think it was Val Kilmer actually. I, I think it was Val Kilmer, oh. whose name comes up again. <laughs> Everything comes back around on the show. Oh, I'm That's sorry. Right. I'm, I'm thinking. We'll all be tagged. <laughs> he, he was in a. He was in a <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> as we promote ourselves, but. Why am I blank? First of all, why am I blank on his name? But I think he was in uh, TV commercials that were kind of spoofing it. But uh, yep. But enough of that one. I, I stepped in it. Jim, over to you. Okay, so my pick, and this is probably largely a generational thing. So you know, so someone someone disagrees for for generational reasons. I totally understand. But uh, my pick of uh, for for a good a good TV remake is Battlestar Galactica. I think I really think that the the remake in two thousand three was one of the best sci-fi shows ever made, uh, infinitely better than the original. And I say that as someone who, who digs the original. I, you know, I, I grew up watching, watching reruns. Uh, I love Dirk Benedict and all the other actors. But, um, the, but I thought the remake of that show was just absolutely this beautifully made, epic, gritty war story, apocalyptic war story. Uh, and it really, there really hasn't been anything like it ever since then. There's been a few sci-fi shows that have, that have kind of come close, um, like The Expanse and some others. But, uh, but I, I really think that that, that, that that 2003 Battlestar Galactica is just an absolutely fantastic show. And, you know, I've heard that from people. Um, I haven't seen it, but from people I know who have, they absolutely swear by it. They say that it's, the, one of the, like you said, the best sci-fi series that they've ever seen. It's great. It's yeah, it's definitely up there. And I thank you for mentioning the expanse. Cause that's been on my list of shows to see and I haven't seen it yet. So I'll get that higher. Definitely level. see it. It's really good. I fell off after season one, but and take it from someone who ran, like made sure we were done playing football in the side yard or whatever with the original series. Love Lauren green. Like Dirk Benedict, uh, Jane Seymour had a role in the, uh, early on, and Daggett, the the, the, the little uh, dog-like creature. Even the, the nostalgia could not keep me from digging the the remake more. And Edward James almost phenomenal in, in the reboot. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely like that one quite a bit. Yeah. What did they? What were the what were the robots called? Where they had the things? Eyes, what were they called? Silence. Cylons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I always like when the Cylon was walking across the, the back of the set when Dirk Benedict was walking across it on the A-team and he get, did that little double take. Always like that, too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Stop me before I sub-reference again, folks. And we're going to go to Christine so I don't sub-reference again. Okay. So my TV remake is um, something that was adapted from a book 
to a movie and then it became a TV show. And I got to say, I absolutely loved the movie. The movie came out in 2000, you know, romantic comedy, drama, film. And when I heard that they were making a TV show out of it, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. And, but, and so I resisted, but I ended up watching it and really, really enjoying it. Um, And it's high fidelity. And so of course, in the movie version of it, it was John Cusack and Jack Black that were the main characters in it. And, you know, of course, absolutely loved that one. Um, you know, adapted from the Nick Hornby book. I'm a huge Nick Hornby fan. I've seen, you know, read almost all of his books and I've seen like all of his movies. They did a really, really good job with the TV series um, that came out in um, 2018. And actually, kind of funny thing about it, um, Lisa Bonet was in the movie and it was actually her daughter, Zoe Kravitz, that played Rob in the show. So it was kind of a neat, neat thing, but um, I really enjoyed it a lot. And I was sad they canceled it after one series because I really wanted to see the story continue. Well, keep clamoring. Eventually, they'll put it on, on Netflix. That seems to be what happens. Uh, that may have been where I originally saw it. I think it was a Hulu show, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Hulu, but either way, the fan base gets clamoring enough that they yeah. do come back. You're right. You're right. They might possibly might. But. The streaming wars. Well, my uh, flipping to my my pick for uh, best uh, TV show reboot from a movie, also a book to film to TV show, uh, the book by Buzz Bissinger that was made into a movie starring Billy Bob Thornton, Friday Night Lights, directed by Peter Berg, and then he also became an exec producer and a writer uh, and very involved on the TV series that came out a couple years after the movie, and I just it's in my top three shows of all time. I love the scripts on that. Although it fell off a little bit in season two, but they rebounded strong in season three. Michael B. Gordon joined the cast in season four and, and uh, carried it home in season five. But Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton, I'm glad they finally got some uh, some notice, Emmy-wise. And uh, let's see, Brad Leland is playing Garrity. He was also in the movie for the role in the show. Part of the Peter Berg stable, um, Jesse Plemons, who went on to score, uh, he was in the uh, some Scorsese movies later on down the line. And uh, Taylor Kitsch, both of those guys were in Battleship by Peter Berg. And just, um, yeah, lo- lo- love the adaptation. It, it was just, and I realized it, it made me skewed as close to the Texas football. And it, it was it was a football, you know, soap opera kind of thing to, to a large degree. But I saw the, the, the two characters that Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton played, the coach and the wife, they, they really played a real-life married couple well. And just, I think it grounded the entire show. And, and their wet blanket daughter, played by Amy Teagarden. I'm glad she's gone on to do some other things where I don't hate her as much as I did on that show. But yeah, otherwise, I, I, I got no beef with that one. And just all around, just I, I think I, I like the movie with Billy Bob Thornton. I love the show. I can watch it up any time. That's it. Right. We, we, there's, there's That's another one. show that I haven't seen also. Like, I just never got into it. I saw the movie, but I never got into the TV show version. Well, of it. I, I got you hooked on to uh, Justified now. Yes, you did get me hooked on Justified. Another book adaptation, but just to a TV show, no movie yet, anyway. But uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll get you. We'll, we'll do some Friday Night Lightning at some point, I'm sure. 
I'd probably put the movie and the TV show neck and neck as far as quality goes. I think I feel like the show did a great job of expanding the same storyline. But man, I just love that movie. I think it's one of the one of the best. I, mean, I don't know if I'd call it a favorite, but one of the best football movies I've ever seen, just in terms of of how well made it is and how it just really communicates something really powerful about that experience of, of being, being in uh, a high school football star in a, in a town where that's the most important thing in the world. Uh, just a brilliant movie. And I, I did love the show as well, but I think I'd probably put him about even. Can I throw a question out here while we're on the topic of football? Oh. You're, you're in Texas, so I hope so. Okay. So the longest yard, should that movie have ever been remade? No. Absolutely. And I don't know if you realize this or not, and I don't know the guy's name. Did, did you ever see the movie Snatch? Yes. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know the guy that played yeah. Bullet Tooth Tony? Yep. I don't know his name. He a, starred in a British remake of The Longest Yard called Mean Machine, and it was soccer. It wasn't wasn't football. But it was that was pretty good, but it was a little bit different. But the Adam Sandler remake, first was, of all, sucked. The, the less we say about that, the better. But yeah, yeah. I got, it, it, it started shitty and just got worse. Yeah, and it's just that that was one of those movies that never should have been remade. I mean, that, that I don't understand how you have the cojones to put that together. I mean, that's that's just like you know. Well, every, on a Bible. I mean, what, every, how can you do that? Everyone talks about the Bond movie where Denise Richards plays a nuclear scientist, but <laughs> I, I'm honestly more convinced by that than I am by Adam Sandler as a football player. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, wait a minute, Adam Sandler as a crazy linebacker slash water boy. Can, can we at least agree that he's a, a decent football player in that, that one? Well, that movie was oh, a yeah. that movie was a freaking cartoon. So sure, on that level, yes. Works, okay. works well, I, I, I want to make sure we give Adam Sandler his respective due or proper due because you know he he, he can work within what he's given and yeah I, I but in terms of being a court star quarterback no nah. i got it i don't know maybe that move maybe that longest yard remake failed because he didn't bring all 16 of his buddies in to star in the movie with <laughs> <laughs> well he, he did get the blessing shots and- fired <laughs> that's so true Alan, Alan Covert couldn't have played a, a, a defensive lineman. Really? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Stoned or not? How many, how many of his best friends were in the lawn, or were in uh, the Water Boy? I, I mean, all of them, right? Yeah, I think all of them were yeah, in that. All of them were in. And in the Wedding Singer. And the Wedding Singer. And in Mama's Boy. Yeah, and in. Well, he was the only one who wasn't in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Wasn't You said Mama's Boy, right? Yeah. That's the one they're all in, and he's not. Right. What a bunch yeah, of assholes. Grandma, no, Grant. Grandma, <laughs> how did he, he puts him in. He puts him in his movies, and then they say, "Fuck you! I'm going to do mine. And you can't be in it." Well, Rob Schneider let him be in the animal. I mean, come on. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a. I'll put it to you this way. Not sure how much Rob Schneider is no Kenny Wormall. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we learned anything earlier, folks, nobody is. Most certainly not Kevin Bacon. Hack. <laughs> well, Joe Michaels, even though you and I do not, we are couldn't be further opposed on Footloose. It has been a pleasure having you here on All Over the Place. And you know, but besides Media Pub Live, where, where can people check you out? You know, I uh, I really don't do anything else. <laughs> well, folks, if you're in if you're in Denton, Texas. 
just maybe throw him up a bat signal. And as long as it's not George Clooney's bat signal with nipples on it, throw up a uh, bat signal from your, your, your base there I, in Denton. And I will uh, say this. Occasionally I have some, I, I did stand up comedy a long time. I, I do have some friends that come through uh, Dallas every now and then. And uh, they asked me to uh, MC a show here and there. So once in a while, you'll see my name in little tiny, tiny letters on the bottom of a, uh, of a marquee. So, you know, keep an eye out if you're in Dallas. You probably won't ever see it, but hey, who knows? Uh, but I do want to give another good, good plug to Media Pub Live. We are really funny. Have some great writers. Bill Lundberg, Jack Firestone, myself, others, Rain Pryor. Big props to Brad Wiseman, who's the uh, brains behind the whole operation. Christine, thank you for everything you do as well. You know, thank you to the whole show being uh, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. We uh, really appreciate you guys. Right, right back at you. And, and folks, definitely check out Jell's articles over there. Funny, funny, funny stuff. And Jell, one more time, thanks for joining us here on All Over the Place. Thanks for having me. I'd love to be back one day. We will have our Dennis Quaid off at a, a, a date to be determined. <laughs> Battle of the Kevin Bacons. You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. contained herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk. Okay, how much is Kenny Wormall paying you?